0: Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora.
1: News, weather, and really cool interviews, Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8.21 a.m. and this is the episode that has been rife with Technical issues. However, as you can see, your favorite morning show—we handle them very well. Cameras on, coffee cups and the like. Uh, our engineers are among the best. U.S. Army, holler at us. You tune into Good Morning Aurora, the second-largest city's first daily news podcast, and we are on location and joined by Dr. Goldman of East Aurora Counseling. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. <laughs>
2: hey. Oh.
1: Awesome. All right. Uh, So yes, we're coming to you live from the east side of Aurora. I want to say hello and good morning to my co-host Christine. Good morning. Good morning to JV and good morning to Hunter as well. The squad is in the house. All right. So we've got a lot of stuff uh, to talk to you guys about before we get into our interview. So without further delay, the news.
0: The news. As always, Aurora Downtown is doing their call for art. Sugar Skull City is going on. It's a month-long celebration. In downtown Aurora that celebrates and honors the cultural and local tradition of Day of the Dead to coincide with First Fridays and Day of the Dead activities on November 6th Sugar Skull City promotion and activities will run from October 15th through November 15th artists community members youth and families are invited to honor the Mexican tradition of Day of the Dead Dia de los Muertos by creating an unframed 12 by 18 work depicting a sugar skull that can be displayed in business windows in downtown Aurora you can participate by creating a 2D artwork artwork in the style or media of your choice, and all skill levels are welcome. You can complete um, the submitted works to Aurora Downtown at info at auroradowntown.org, or you can drop off the work at Aurora Fastprint. Um, they're going to be displayed in downtown storefronts from October 15th through November 15th.
1: Very cool. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah. All right.
0: Um, also, we have that Run for Hunger 5K. From now until the 30th of the month, a virtual run to alleviate hunger in our community. All proceeds will be donated to Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry. You can find more information at runforhunger5k.com, and that's brought to you by Eltiro Society 57, and more. And good morning, Aurora Sports. Cubs are officially in the playoffs now for the fifth time in six years. Go Cubs! However, they lost to the Pirates yesterday 3-2. to two. Damn. I know. The White Sox. Uh, they already clinched their playoff spot. They're already there. They lost to the Indians 5-3 to three yesterday. And we talked about Michael Jordan and his new gig. Uh, the Bulls are, are in the news again. They hired former Oklahoma City Thunder head coach Billy Donovan as their new head coach.
1: Oh, snap. Yeah, go Bulls. Go yeah. Bulls. Real quick, will the Bulls ever return to the heyday of wins like they had in the 90s? Will that ever happen again?
0: No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> the most no controversial comment. topic so far. No, the weather. <laughs>
1: All right, weather in Aurora. The uh, temperature right now is fifty-eight degrees. Uh, the high today will be seventy-eight degrees, and it appears that that high will be reached at around three o'clock p.m. Um, and yeah, it's kind of cool out there right now. It felt really good this morning, though. Tomorrow the high will be seventy-eight degrees and sunny. Friday will be eighty degrees and sunny as well. Saturday looks to be partly cloudy, yet a high of eighty-four, and Sunday will be seventy-seven degrees, likewise partly cloudy. Um, so if you got plans for the weekend, you know, stay fresh, get your nails done and your hair and everything, and it looks like it'll be fun. So go on out there and check out what's going on in our fair city. Okay, downtown Aurora, Aurora, excuse me, downtown Aurora businesses take on Hunger Action Month. Uh, now we have been drilling to you. All month, that Hunger Action Month is better known as HAM, okay? Acronym, Hunger Action Month. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Uh, now, there's a lot going on. Carts for a Cause specifically in conjunction with the Aurora Food Pantry and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry have been doing a great artistic-themed uh, endeavor in the city. And you can see some of the carts on display. Now, there's a lot of businesses that are taking part. Society 57, Cottonseed Creative Exchange, Treadwell Coffee, McCarty Mills Tap Room, La Quinta de los Reyes, Gillerson's Scrubbery, Gary Brown Art Studio and Gallery, and Altero Latin Fusion. 10% every Monday in September from 3 to 8 PM on orders of Al Pablano Tapa and Ala Organic. A la Organica cocktail. My Spanish is horrible today. <laughs> or a fresh squeeze squeeze lemonade. That's Altero Latin Fusion. Now Society Fifty Seven and Cottonseed Creative Exchange have donation boxes by for excuse me, by Marie Wilkinson's food pantry all during this month. Um, and Gillerson's Grubbery will collect diapers and feminine products for the month of September. La Quinta will be donating 10% from Tuesday through Thursday on any fajita plate during the month of September. Chicken fajitas, steak fajitas, veggie fajitas, and combo fajitas all included. I like with the fajitas, you know, you, you want the vegetables seared, but you want a little crunch with your green peppers. Or maybe that's just me. Uh, <laughs> now Gary Brown Art and Studio they have a uh, raffle entry coming up on the next first Friday and the prizes will be artwork by Maureen Gassick, Gary Brown, and Karen Dulce. And McCarty Mills Tap Room, one forty South River Street, Suite one hundred eight will donate ten percent of sales of reserved keg from Brother Chimp. Beer of the month is Fear. Excuse me, For the Masses IPA. Now, very important here. Coming soon. To a First Friday near you, there's going to be something really big happening. And I, and I want I want all of you out there to remember it. The Aurora Public Art Commission, Roots Aurora, and Visal Arts are putting together what is known as a, the Aurora Stronger Exhibit, a community that came together. This is going to be highlighting and displaying all of the art on the art boards that boarded up... Um, downtown after the uh looting and rioting and things like that all of that artwork that was collected or created rather is being collected and will be displayed and this is the initiative um, so it's going to be the first friday october 2nd from 5 30 to 8:30 pm at gallery 1904 at 1 east benton in downtown aurora that's benton and stope the old aurora public library uh, and this looks like it's going to be a very good event so i'll be out there taking pics and documented like we always do good morning aurora be on the scene checking it out also don't forget today wednesday on us our neighbors united and strong and talented tents social services are having their uh, free barbecue on wednesdays that's going to be at 122 west downer place uh, so come on out there show some love um, burger dog chip You get your eat on for a good cause. Uh, And also, if you have any donations of any kind, feminine products, hygiene products, or uh, non-perishable food items, please uh, donate them. You can hit them up on their Instagram, which is Talented Tense SS, or you can also uh, contact the Facebook page, and you can make uh, drop-offs and donations. And with that, that's the news. So now let's get into our interview with... Our good friend, Dr. Goldman, good to see you. Good
2: to see you, too. Hi. We're
1: here on location, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. You're
2: welcome. It. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. We'll the yeah. coffee. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bribe. Yeah. yeah.
0: Duncan.
1: Oh, my God. The good stuff. Yeah. All right.
0: Why don't you tell everybody who you are and where
2: you're from? Okay, um, I am Dr. Amanda Goldman and um, I am a PhD LCPC um, psychotherapist and this is my practice that you're sitting in drinking coffee. Welcome. Um, I Where I'm from is always a difficult question. I knew you were going to ask me that <laughs> and I was thinking, how do I answer that question? Um, I grew up all over the world. Uh, My father was a civil engineer and so we moved overseas when I was three and we came back to the United States when I was a teenager um and and so so it's very difficult i always told people that i was from indiana and then i moved to indiana and they told me i wasn't um (laughs) so but aurora is my chosen home east aurora specifically and i've been here for 23 years so it's wonderful Where were you born um i was born in new york okay yes (laughs) yes traveled all over yes yes
0: and tell us about your educational
2: background. Oh, that's also a really Not difficult one. Um, very much so. I went to um, I went to Anglican boarding school in England, and oh, I was nice. homeschooled in many countries where I wasn't allowed to go to the regular schools because I wasn't whatever religion you know mm-hmm. that I was living in. Um, I um I went to inner city public schools in Houston. Um, when we were in the states, on and off. Um, I, gosh, I, have been to literally every type of school that you can think of, but I've done correspondence courses, um, even with my, um, my college education, I went to Indiana State for undergraduate, and then Benedictine for my master's, and then I went to Capella University in Minneapolis for my doctorate, which was largely online, so even there I've done sort of online and in person, and, and, um, So you name it. I've been to whatever school that is. Um, I can really speak to the advantages and disadvantages of public versus private versus parochial versus boarding school versus, you know, homeschool. Yeah. Yes. That
0: that has to come in handy, though, when you're dealing with your clients, knowing all these different areas and aspects. I
2: think so, because I hear very strong opinions on sort of different experiences from people who have only experienced one thing. (laughs) 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 So so I've heard people saying, oh, no, public schools are bad or, you know, private schools are bad. Or online schools are bad, or all these things, um, and, and really they, they all have their advantages and disadvantages. But for my own part, I chose um, to raise my daughter um, in District 131, and she did attend um, Eastside schools and, and really thrived. So,
0: that's great.
2: Growing up, what impact did your dad have on your life? Oh, gosh, um, I, that makes me want to cry actually. <laughs> you brought that up. My dad, um, my dad is my hero. Um, so my parents um, got custody of me when I was about two and a half, um, and my dad was absolutely um, my, my best and most functional parent, um, and he and I had a lot in common in terms of like our personal trauma histories. Um, my dad was a navigator in um, World War II. He was actually at Omaha Beach um, when he was 16 years old. Um, he lied about his age, and, and because he was very intelligent, he was promoted, um, but it was very traumatic for him. So um, we had a lot in common. Like, I think we understood mm-hmm. a lot about each other, um, and he actually passed away in 2001. So, so he was a huge influence.
0: What are some of, I guess, what, what life lessons did he teach you what kind of people you carried over? Um, well,
2: about? ironically, the life lesson that he always tried to teach me was one that I really didn't accept at the time. Um, he always said, your reputation is everything. Your word is everything. Your reputation, your reputation. And I, you know, at, at, as a when teenager, I, think, I was like, oh, I don't care about my reputation, <laughs> but I really do. Um, I don't necessarily care about what um, people think of me if I don't have respect for those people, Mm -hmm. but I definitely want to maintain my integrity, especially um, with regard to my clients and how they feel, or with regard to keeping my word in the community as a provider or as a a stakeholder in the community. So I get it now, um, and I wish I could go back and tell them, oh, I get it. Right. People always. It's not always my reputation remember. in terms of fame or sort of you know social prestige, but my reputation as um, a person of my word and as a person that can be trusted. Yeah. Um. Yes. Well, that's
1: great. Yeah. Um. Now, when we talk about the practice, uh, let's talk about the be- you know the beginnings of East Aurora Counseling. How did it start?
2: Um. It started really um uh, sort of impulsively, mm-hmm. um when I. Uh, Obtain well, so so to backtrack a little, and this ties in with my nonprofit my entire life, um, I had absolutely planned on going to work as a psychologist in a state hospital. Um, my first love is schizophrenia. Um, I did all of my field work in state hospitals Evansville State Hospital, Chicago Reed State Hospital. Um, I did my doctoral research at Elgin Mental Health Center, and that was always my plan. Um, But as I'm sure you're aware, um, the landscape of state hospitals really, really changed from 1990, when I started college, to 2012, when I finished. Um, So by the time I got out of college, my dream job didn't exist (laughs) um, anymore. And so I thought, well, I'll just go work somewhere. Um, And I ended up at a group practice in another community. um, and, And it was fine. Um, but it was strange to me because I, f- I found myself providing a service that was already being provided um, in a very resourced situation um, where there were about 200 other providers doing what I was doing in a square mile. Wow. Um, and, and the overhead was exorbitantly expensive. And so <clears throat> I, I sort of thought, well, this is silly. Like, you know, I could do this more affordably and more and have a greater impact um, closer to home. And so I did. I, I literally started walking around my neighborhood looking for offices for rent um and seeing what was available. And I actually found a place. Um I'm not gonna say exactly where I live, everyone knows where I live. Um but it's, I walked, I, I walked to work usually. Um and so I was able to get a space um in my neighborhood for what I was paying in another community, um about the same for a month's rent as for a week in the other community. Oh, wow. Um and I had already figured out how to do the billing and figured out sort of how to Run things um, in a private practice. I thought I can do this myself. I don't really need to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I set up shop, I realized no one else was doing it. <laughs> so that felt even more like, oh yeah, this is definitely the right thing to do. Right. Um, and that was eight years ago. There's so. a need for that, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah.
1: Um, so talking to you, I think I understand. Um, we, so the audience doesn't know our beginning talks. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I see now you've traveled. Yes, that's what it is. Is it? That's why you know the. That's why you know. I think the, uh, the benefit, of the human experience, mm. and how to, uh, or rather, why you should take care of those uh, perhaps less fortunate. You traveled. I find when people travel, especially outside the United States. Yeah. They get a better appreciation for uh, life, their skills, and what they can do for others who don't have those skills.
2: Absolutely. And I, I think there's two pieces to that. One is that <clears throat> most of my upbringing was in sort of quote-unquote third world countries. Right. I lived in Kuwait. I lived in Saudi Arabia. I lived in Indonesia. I lived in Malaysia. I wasn't a tourist. I wasn't sort of going you know, to visit landmarks and things. The and nice hotel. I, right? I yeah. mean, I was. that. Yeah. That was also part of it. Um, but the, the places that I grew up, were, you know, made a very strong impression on me in terms of this is what the world really looks like. Right. And when I go visit my grandparents in America, that's a very sort of privileged niche of existence, and it's really not representative of the rest of the world. Um, so so that that's one piece. Um, and I forgot what the other piece. <laughs> I forgot what the other piece was. The other. I think the other piece was something about um, really about <clears throat> privilege. You know, and being very, very aware of my own privilege as an American living abroad um, and, you know, the fact that we had a gardener and a maid and a cook and a housekeeper and a driver and sort of, and and also that the people next to me were living in a corrugated metal situation and drinking from the same river that they bathed in. Um, And sort of, it's impossible not to be aware of that disparity Um, and that the, and of the way that privilege exploits, um, the resources that, that ri- rightfully belong to others. True. Uh, like,
1: so true. Yes.
2: So, so you can't unsee that. You can't not be aware of that. Um, once you've you lived in it, whether you yourself are suffering or not, you can't unsee it. Right. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the mission of East Aurora Counseling?
2: You know, I've for years um, people have been encouraging me to create a mission statement and I haven't done it. Um, I'm very bad at formulating things and I think that part of it is because I want clients to create their own mission. Um, I don't want to say, here's what we're doing. And maybe they're coming in with a different need or a different agenda for themselves. Um, I don't want there to be a box that they feel like they have to fit into in terms of what they need. So I almost want every single client to say, here's my mission. And I'll be like, yes, that's what we're doing. Um, that's part of it. Um, but really, the mission is, is to be a resource for the community. Right. Um, and not only for the community. We don't just serve East Aurora. Um, I have clients who come from Wisconsin. I have... Uh, telehealth clients from Alaska. I mean, I, you know, so, yeah. so I don't want to give the impression that this is just sort of a neighborhood bubble, um, but it is also that. Um, it's an accessible, um, affordable place for people to get quality mental health care. Yeah. Is that, it sounds like your mission is to help support other people's missions. Yes, something <laughs> like that, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. sort of at your disposal, mm-hmm. <laughs> within reason. Right. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Here, on the east side has there been a, uh, a, a you know a, a huge need for your services
2: absolutely um, we are constantly beyond capacity um, I, I think I showed you when when you first arrived this morning I showed you the expansion we're expanding because we're constantly beyond capacity of what we're able to provide so at any given time we carry <clears throat> I would say between 80 to 200 active cases and keep in mind again that I'm by myself, um, you know, and I, and i' I'm sort of constantly onboarding other providers who stay for a period of time and then move on or you know have a more limited caseload. so so whatever help I can get is wonderful, but there is never enough help. Um, I would love to see more providers. Um, move into the community. We have a lovely um, provider upstairs um, who is kind of getting um, set up here in the neighborhood. And my hope is that he um, <clears throat> will soon be able to take Medicaid. And I know that he's trying to do that. Um, but we need more resources. Like, I am one person. <laughs> right. So, yeah. It's a, it's a lot for it's one It's a person. huge need, yeah. exactly. There's almost 80,000 people in 60505 alone. Wow. Um,
1: um, I get the impression that the work that you do is very fulfilling. I get the impression that you like what you do. Um, I think anybody (laughs) watching this episode will think, like, man, that's a person who likes what she does. Um, What do you think the community feels about um, having the access to the the care that you provide?
2: Um, I... I would hesitate to say how the community feels, um, and I would love to hear maybe from the community because I don't want to speak for anyone else. Um, I do know that word of mouth is very important here and that that has been a huge marketing tool, if you will, for the practice because I don't advertise. I'm not good at it. I don't know how... um, you're here because we have a jimmy johns delivery person in common like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right but um so, good, so, good uh, look baby shout yeah. out shout out right right and i do have a website now um and thankfully my daughter is administrating that because i don't even know what to do with it so really um people who come here they're coming because of the reputation in the community they heard from their cousin they heard from their co-worker they heard from their neighbor um, what have you. I feel like if you broke down the practice and looked at our caseload, um, there are like five families that come here and they're all sort of connected by degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel mm-hmm. like we must be doing something right um, because, you know, intakes are day I mean, daily we're getting requests for new services yeah. um, and it's not from, I don't have a psychology today profile. <laughs> like I don't know. It's coming from the community. How has COVID impacted
0: your workload with everything going
2: on and all the struggles that people are having? It's been really, really difficult. I've lost staff. My office manager um, left. She's a caregiver for some family members, and she didn't feel comfortable to come to work. Um, Funding has slowed down. The mail has slowed down. Um, A lot of people who had private insurance um, lost their insurance. So um, financially, it's been a a tremendous hit um thankfully investor Aurora gave us like a small loan recently which has been helpful and we really appreciate that um so that's one thing is uh-huh. that you know the need has increased and the resor- the funding has decreased um and the, and the staff have decreased exactly. um although thankfully I've, I have some new people who have started recently Um, The other difference is that my businesses have had to combine in a way that they never did before. I have always kept my private practice and my nonprofit separate. Um, mainly because they're separate businesses and it's messy (laughs) to sort of combine them. Um, Right. But um, typically, and we can talk more about the nonprofit. um, Typically I go into homeless shelters to provide my nonprofit services and with the shelters closing, people have moved, had moved into hotels. Mm -hmm. Um, Those clients have, have come here, Um, which is I'm so thankful because I really didn't think that that would work out logistically. Um, it's very difficult to keep appointments um, for for some clients for a variety of reasons. Um, but they have come here. Um, so, so now I have a mixture of kind of your traditional outpatient clientele and also, you know my my nonprofit clients who are homeless. Um, and as you see, we've you know sort of pivoted to provide um, s- clothing resources and food resources. and I got, Um, approval from my board for my nonprofit to for a transportation stipend to help people get to and from the office because often they're living in other communities or you know, wherever they can kind of lay their heads, um, or living outdoors, um, and so you can't get insurance to send a cab or a medic a medicab to pick somebody up from like the woods, right? right. Um, right <laughs> yeah. But you can send a, a regular cab. So he's at the
1: forest preserve. Just yes, exactly, right. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Like he'll stand there, and you, you'll see him, and it'll mm-hmm. be fine. But yes, um, so we've really had to had to pivot because of COVID in that regard and combine um, both of the both of the businesses in a physical sense.
1: Um, now for the listeners, how can we contact, or how can folks contact East Aurora Counseling?
2: Um, so folks can contact, um, they can email East Aurora Counseling one, the number one at gmail.com. They can call the office, which is, uh, 630-486-3800. Um, the Judah Robinson Foundation has a Facebook page. It's Facebook slash Dr. Goldman. Um, and gosh, we're or just walk in, we take walk ins. Um, we're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Okay, um, so we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Tell us more about the nonprofit. You'd mentioned. Yes, um, so I Um, Again, my first love has always been schizophrenia. It's been an obsession of mine since I was about 11, which is very strange um, for a child, or (laughs) I don't know. Um, And, you know, back in the day, um, most people with schizophrenia, you could sort of find them in institutions or residential facilities or what have you. And that's really shifted, again, with deinstitutionalization the idea behind deinstitutionalization was that um, community resources would kind of absorb that population. That never happened. Um, so w- most people with who you know who are sort of actively psychotic are, are homeless um, or many many are in nursing homes now too. That's kind of a new trend. Um, and so I thought, well, how you know how can I get mental health services to people um, who are psychotic, who are hallucinating, who have delusions, who are you know kind of struggling with these kind of issues, well, I have to find a way to access people who are homeless and, and schizophrenic um, or who have other um, psychoses. Mm-hmm. And so I started the Judah Robinson Foundation. Um, Judah Robinson was the name of a biological brother of mine who, who lived for maybe two hours. And so I was trying to think of a, a, a name that would convey the experience of not having a voice. Um, wow. So, Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, when we talk about the when we talk about schizophrenia and yes. some of the other um, uh, problems that, that folks have, yes. How do you feel personally that so many people who have these issues mm-hmm. are not able to receive adequate care and they're out there and you know in a transit situation or things like that? Is that is you know I, and I don't mean this in a cruel way, mm-hmm. but is that a public risk?
2: Um, it is a definite risk to the person with the condition. Okay. Um, people with schizophrenia, or or typically with any type of psychosis, are, are are less dangerous than the general population. The danger is to them as an individual. Correct. Right. Um, because if you're obviously if you're out somewhere and you're disoriented, you're much more at risk for being stigmatized, for being bullied, for being mugged, um, for being robbed, um, for any for lots of different types of abuse. Um, not to mention that you're subject to the weather and you're you, you know it's hard to get to your appointments or it's hard to even get to like let's say a soup kitchen or something like that when you're disoriented. Right. Um, so the risk um, I wouldn't say that there's a particular risk to the public um, as much as to the individual themselves um yeah I, yes. and I
1: uh, you know and let me stay I, I actually didn't mean to put more of the emphasis on the public as opposed yes. to the individual uh, that was a you know a novice of asking, cor- no but most co- that people question. believe
2: yeah. that I mean I can't tell you how often people ask me oh aren't you scared or you know isn't that dangerous or something like absolutely not um there are really two times that a, a client, with psychosis is dangerous, two situations. One is if there's like a substance abuse issue, um, and the other is if they're paranoid. And, and you have to keep in mind that only 1% of the population is diagnosable with schizophrenia. So maybe a fourth of that percent is diagnosable with paranoid schizophrenia. It's very rare um, to find someone who would be sort of combative or, you know, um, hostile like that. So,
1: what is the DSM?
2: The DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. I have like um, 3 of them at home. I love it. You cuz they keep changing I it. I love that book. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a mixed thing, right? In some ways it's very very useful because you can kind of find a description of what people are experiencing and that can be a comfort. Um, to people to go, oh, it's a real thing. It's not just me. Like, this is so common that it's been written about. On the other hand, it's really a weapon, or has been used as a weapon up until 1970, so 1974, 1978, um, being homosexual was a diagnosable mental disorder. Right. Um, So these things are decided largely by committee, and you have to be very, very careful. Um, Every single member of the committee um, that defines the um the schizophrenic and related diagnoses um has a um, fiduciary relationship with large pharmaceutical corporations I didn't every know that. single member so be careful i'm not saying it's not valuable i think it is yeah um but be careful like always check your funding sources when Ooh, you're looking at diagnoses who stands to benefit from this diagnosis woke um, yeah Woke, stay <laughs> woke. I just said that out loud stay. <laughs>
1: um what's the process of diagnosing a person
2: um so it depends um there's not any particular instrument um for diagnosing schizophrenia you sort of know it when you see it if it's you know if someone is psychotic um, and they don't have any kind of organic condition, then you can kind of give that diagnosis if it fits the criteria in the DSM, again. Um, for a lot of other conditions, there are many screens and tests and checklists that you can use. Um, so I, I, I really rarely diagnose. Obviously, we have to do it for insurance purposes. Um, but unless a client requests a diagnosis, like if they need accommodations for work or for school... Um, or they're going they want to go see a psychiatrist and they really want to present their situation accurately um, then it can be useful otherwise it's you know often just of academic interest to the to the clinician.
1: Hmm. yeah yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that about that book and um, I had and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was under the impression that a person would maybe have to show three or more of the, uh, the criteria yes. to be di- but when you're looking, when you're reading the DSM um, you know, a, a novice reading it, um, sometimes people could fit a whole bunch of the, you know and, yes. and you're trying to decide like well, which
2: is it? Yeah, right. which is yeah. it? They're is it not combative
1: them? but they are somewhat slightly aggressive. Right. Yeah it's, yeah, it's tough.
2: It is tough and that's why there are so many sort of conflicting diagnoses. You, I, I think you could send one individual to multiple providers and at least get two or three opinions or diagnoses. And I think it can be very, very dangerous, um, especially when you're talking about the next step, which is pharmaceutical treatment. You know, um, right. if you're giving someone something um, that could be harmful to them and maybe doesn't even help with what they're experiencing. Um, so I think it's something to be really, really cautious with. And at the same time, it can be a huge comfort um, to know that okay, what I'm experiencing has a name, and somebody's sort of written about it or studied it, and um, there can be some relief in that right. as well. I think, yeah.
1: Right. Um, what's Aurora's strength?
2: Aurora's strength. Gosh, um, I love Aurora. I mean, I didn't ever think I could live comfortably in the United States. When I came back, yeah, I thought, oh, this is too Disneyland. (laughs) This is too, like, I couldn't do it. From Kuwait
1: to Naperville. Right, well, or exactly. I mean, just like,
2: there's sort of like an unawareness of of a lot of things, um, maybe, but, which, again, goes with privilege. But um, I, gosh, I think Aurora is so diverse. There's a breadth of cultures. There's a breadth of religions. Um, I think Aurora is a place where social services really do matter, um, and count for something. Um, I think particularly in Easter war, I think we're very good at acknowledging our problems and areas where we need help and not sort of sweeping them under the rug. Um, so I just, I love it here. I mean, I wouldn't live anywhere else. I mean, I would, but right. <laughs> if I had to stay in the United States, I'd like to be here. I'd like to be in, you know, a community that's sort of constantly in flux and in, and that's you know largely an immigrant community and where I can hear different languages and be exposed to different cultures, all while living in America somehow in the Midwest. It's wonderful.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the changes that have, that Aurora has undergone mm-hmm. since you've um, since you've been here. Well, have you seen a lot of the a lot of changes and everything?
2: Um, I don't know that I've, s- gosh, it's hard. You know, when you're in the middle of something, you do sort of almost don't notice it. It's like when your kids grow right. up and you're like, well, they got big, but you don't see it. while well, it's happening, right? It's happening in real time. Um, I feel like um, crime-wise, at least in my neighborhood, things have improved. Um, I remember when I first moved here, um, the cars had to park on opposite sides of the street every night you couldn't leave your car parked overnight in the same spot for more than one night because there was so much um prostitution going on in unlocked cars um I've you know had prostitutes behind my garage I mean um people coming in my backyard um so it seems a lot like there's a lot less of that going right. on um and and I feel like that's a good thing. And on the other hand, I worry about the prostitutes. So I'm yeah, like, no. are they okay? It's part of a job, yeah. Right, exactly. Right. So, so, yeah, so I, I feel like things have um, yeah. gotten a little less messy in that regard. Um,
0: what, yeah. What changes would you like to see in the future?
2: I would like to see more providers providing resources in communities that need them. Get some vacuuming. Going is it out. okay? Yes. I mean, it's in the hallway. I'm like, <laughs> it's vacuuming. not in my office. Yeah.
1: Maybe there. Yeah, that's one of the things about not doing a live today. Like, <laughs> so for yeah. the listeners, we have a vacuum cleaner that's happening uh, right outside the door. Hunter is putting a stop. Hunter is security too. He Hunter is. is. Not
2: too Thank <laughs> you, Hunter. Yeah, I would like to see more providers um, providing services in the community. It's very difficult for me. Um, to have conversations with my colleagues where I'm constantly asking the same questions: Do you take Medicaid? No. Why not? And I'll hear sort of a laundry list of reasons why people don't, uh, and and they're all sort of surmountable obstacles. Like it's not very difficult to sign up to, or it can be sometimes, um, depending on the plan. But um, I would love to see more people taking Medicaid or offering pro bono. You know, maybe two or three pro bono slots right. in their caseload. Um, and I would love to see more people providing resources here in the neighborhood where people can access them. People can access them by foot, you know, on foot or by public transportation. Um, I think if you, pr- you know, place resources out of reach of everyone, um, you're just contributing to a class system that's already built into our field. Um, so I don't oh, condone good. it. A class
1: yeah. system built into your field? Absolutely. No. <laughs> How could that, are you? It's so bad. Miss Dr. <laughs> Goldman, are you
2: serious? I am serious. I used to teach personality theory at a local college. And I remember, um, you know, sort of being in this classroom full of of people of color um, and presenting this giant textbook of personality theories. Every single one of those theories, with the exception of one, um, was a white man talking about his experience and generalizing it to the rest of the world. And I thought, why would anybody go to a therapist? <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just, it's appalling. Um, and it's not that other, you know, people don't have other perspectives on, but we're not sort of teaching them, right? We're not mm-hmm. teaching them in college. I'm sure we're not teaching them in high school and we're not um, sort of sharing them in a visible way. So, so I don't know what my point was, but.
1: Do you, you know what, sometimes?
2: Curtis? <laughs> <laughs> class system. Yes, there's a built-in class system. Absolutely. Um, therapy shouldn't be a luxury item. It shouldn't be like, right. you know, going to a spa or something like that, right? It should be something that, like going to the dentist or like a mammogram or- Basic care services. Basic care services. Mm-hmm. This is an essential service, which is part of why I also haven't closed during COVID. Um, right. As far as I'm concerned, this is this is life-saving.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah. I think it is. And Thank that's you. why we're sitting here, because, like, I applaud what you do Thank as you. a job. We talked a little bit before the show, but, um, you know, I uh, I haven't had too much counseling in my life. You know, people know I'm 100% normal. Uh, <laughs> I can but... see that, <laughs> using DSM <laughs> criteria. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I do know for a fact that there are so many people who have a benefit of services Okay, who either don't, uh, they don't seek those services or Mm. they go for the first interview and everything and then they stop because there is no relatability. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, if if the therapist is telling you that her biggest obstacle in life was, was her dad going to, you know, give her $12,000 for her down payment on a home. Right. And like, I ate ramen noodles for breakfast. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing how this is like, why am I here? You right, know? right, like,
2: like you're not going to be able to understand me. And you're, yeah. you're going to think something's wrong with me because I'm poor. Right. Right. Exactly. Like I did something
1: yeah. wrong. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: On the flip side, I have used counseling services, probably not when I needed them. <laughs> <laughs> we never do, right? But, you yes. know, but I, I know mm. I was talking to somebody, and, you know, again, it was just, it's nice having that outside person.
2: It's so nice. To
0: give you an unbiased opinion. And just say, like, here's what's going on with me. It could be something, you know, really small. Mm-hmm. But again, you just kind of, you're getting that access to care so that it doesn't turn any, into anything bigger. So it's more preventative. It's preventative, yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that you need to sort of have a serious crisis to be seeing a therapist. I mean, I actually require my interns to be in counseling, um, not so much because this is a horribly stressful job and they're gonna need it, um, but I don't want them to forget what it feels like to be in the other chair. Right. Um,
1: right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I told you uh, about my jury duty experience. Yes. Once upon a time in my life, um, I was in court, You're right? <laughs> but this time, I was in the jury, like, I saw the disdain that the court system, we talk about the class system, yeah. I saw the disdain, I saw it perfectly, how this um, Caucasian male with no money, was treated in this system, in the beast. I mean, they, as I as I mentioned before the show, he may as well have been black. Yeah. Because it was painfully obvious that he was on the bottom of the totem pole in the larger structure right. of things. Now, I can imagine how that must uh, feel for a person who is indigent, okay, coming into and, and needing the care and the service, Uh but coming into the, the system. The Absolutely.
2: System, yeah. Absolutely. And, and our whole mental health system is set up to be, I feel like to be sort of intimidating. Um, and like one of the barriers to treatment is that most places ask you for a photo ID. Um, when you register. You know, they'll want your insurance card, your photo ID, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a rule here. We do not ask for ID. We don't um, ask for social, nothing like that. And and sometimes it causes problems with billing, I have to be honest. You know, if we don't, if we have an inaccurate address or something. But I would rather sacrifice that handful of money um, to ensure that people feel safe coming in here and they're not worried about documentation status and they're not worried about um, identity, you know. Um, so For what it's worth, yes. I I think there's a a great deal of um, systemic barriers that are built in and that people absorb and just take for granted. Um,
1: What does East Aurora Counseling have coming up?
2: Oh gosh um so typically this time of year we would be planning for Kwanzaa um, which takes like months and months to plan uh-huh. and, and we're probably not gonna do it this year um, for obvious reasons so so coming up um, we you know we just onboarded a new biller and a new temp worker um, and so That's people cool. are getting their sea legs in that regard one of our case managers is leaving this week um, and going heading for grad school at Northwestern so we're very proud of her Shout out. A big shout out, yep, Tomcat, East High Grad, she's been been with me since high school, Um, and we are looking forward to onboarding some new interns um, in January, so unfortunately, we don't have any big events coming up because of COVID, Um, but we're definitely here, we're expanding, we're taking over the whole hallway, (laughs) so, you know, if there are providers who are thinking about, like, you know, reaching into the community um, and setting up shop, I have space for them, if, if not, you know, I will fill you know. it with interns. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yes. that was
1: the next question. How yeah. can people? Uh, how can people help, and how can they get involved?
2: Um, people could really get involved. Again, you know, we are always so thankful for funding and donations. We really need them right now. Um, we need food. We need clothing. Um, the Talented Tenth and Barbara Hernandez are actually giving us a bookcase. Um, they're gonna drop it off later today. do I know. I'm so excited. You were saying that, like, we need to get you with uh, Talented
0: Tenth yes. and give you a neighbor back. They're bringing They're getting. Oh, they're oh. bringing
2: us one this afternoon. Ah. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um. So really, um. You know. It's great to get referrals and we're always open to referrals, but we actually need more help in different ways. Um, we, we definitely, like I said, we need funding right now during COVID mm-hmm. um, for the nonprofit as well as for the practice, um, but we need providers. Um, you know, if anybody out there is listening and they are, you know, a therapist of any caliber, um, Come rent a room for like a hundred bucks a month flat fee. I don't charge very much for rent. I'm not trying to make mm-hmm. money off of subletting. Um, but what I want is resources. I want people in East Aurora to have a choice and say, oh yeah, maybe I don't want to see Dr. Goldman. I don't want them to only see me because I'm the only one in, in 60505 taking Medicaid. Um, I want them to have a choice of resources just like everyone in privileged communities. That's great. That's what I would like.
1: I want to cover two points quickly before the show wraps up. Um, The first is I'd like you to uh, uh, detail. You've done a whole lot of traveling. I'm a Navy vet, so I've done some traveling too. You get it. Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally get it. Um, Now, your experience, though, is completely different from mine. Okay. Uh, We went overseas during port visits, so you're getting gas, you're catching drug boats, why not stop in Ecuador? Um, Why not? You, you know, yeah. <laughs> as one <laughs> will. Uh, yeah. Now, your experience, though, completely different, and you have been raised at different ages in different countries. Yes. Um, talk, about, talk about life in Kuwait as opposed to Naperville. Talk about life in Saudi Arabia as opposed to Schaumburg or something like that. Just, just, just briefly touch on what it is that the, the American misses and does not get about their experience as opposed to the global perspective?
2: Um, I think, gosh, um, you know, because we're a superpower in the world right now, um, I think that we think that we are a standard, um, kind of in the same way that white men take it for granted that they are a standard and everything else is a deviation. Right. Um, I think that Americans also feel that way about themselves, and so they think that the way that things are done in America is the way that things should be done, um, and everything else is kind of some kind of an aberration, and boy, they probably wish they were us. And lots of people love it here and want to come here, and I hear wonderful things from immigrants um, all the time. You might want to shut that. Um, <laughs> sorry, hmm. we got traffic now. <laughs> um, Hi, that's one of my case managers. <laughs> she just came in. Like <laughs> just what is yeah. going and on? And just like there? that, it's a
1: live audience.
2: Just like that, yeah. <laughs> that's traffic. Um so um so I so I guess the difference um is that um without exposure to um other cultures, um, you might think that your culture is the only way to do things. Um, I think the other piece for me is that I had very positive experiences in the Middle East growing up, Um, and it hurts my heart. The Islamophobia um, in the United States hurts my heart um, because I've lived there, um, and I was treated wonderfully, and I had a wonderful childhood um, in those countries, um, particularly Kuwait. was incredibly welcoming, um, and so... I, you know, I was being raised with Muslim people. Um, my best friend growing up was from Pakistan. Like, um, I, I really want to dispel some of those stereotypes, uh, particularly about Muslim men. I think they're particularly targeted and sort of, you know, there's a terrorist stereotype or something like that, which mm-hmm. is just bizarre. I mean, that would be like saying that all white men are Timothy McVeigh, right? I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's
1: like what white people um, think about black people. Like, we're just gonna rob you any moment.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah um
1: yeah I uh so I'm glad you brought that perspective up Thank see you. that's what and that's another reason why we came to interview because you you know what it's you know what it's all about um I grew up in a rough area a lot of poor people I've seen people sleep under bridges like yeah. when I was walking to mm. school but it wasn't until I traveled and got to like Ecuador and I bring it up as I have never seen poverty like that I mean, The average American, you know, no matter how rough you think, the south side of Chicago or something, or, Dan, you know, lower Wacker Drive, I mean, you have not seen poverty. People are washing their clothes in the same stream that they're drinking out of. Yes. Yep. I mean, unless the bottled water is donated, there is no water. And I don't think people understand that in America. Not at all.
2: We take so much for granted, right? We do. Um, yes, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, um, I want to talk about, uh, before the, before the show wraps up, and the show wraps up on a positive, on a positive note, so you will be delivering the message for the people today. Oh. Um, but what would you like to see in Aurora in the next, um, five or ten years? Both.
2: And not, and not just yeah. from a
1: perspective of your profession, mm-hmm. just overall.
2: What would I like to see in Aurora in the next five or ten years overall, um, wow, I hadn't. I wasn't prepared for that question. See, we th- um, outside the box. That's how we roll. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to see um, more mixed income um, communities. Okay. I think that that's that's better, um, rather than the segregation that we so often have or the redlining um, that we deal with. Um, I'd like that to sort of improve. Um, what would I like to see in Aurora in the next five? I would love to see more East Side Pride. Um, every single day I have someone telling me bad things about the East side, um, bad things about my own neighborhood. Don't you hate it? I hate it. It's very difficult. Um, I had one person tell me, um, that literally the worst thing he could think of was, um, well, there were two worst things. The number one worst thing was maybe he might have to live in an apartment. And number two, maybe he might have to live in an apartment on the East side. And it was, <laughs> it was so difficult for me. That's me, really like, you
1: know um, why? It's like, so right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right, right, right. So, part of why I named my practice Easter War Counseling, it was like kind of a big middle finger, to be honest. Right. Um, to the perception. I thought, oh, I can name it some kind of inspirational thing. Um, yeah. And I thought, no, Hope why don't floats. I just call it what it is? Right. You know, because the antidote to stigma and shame is pride, right? So, why not just call it what it is? The yeah. antidote to stigma. And shame. Yeah. So I <laughs> <laughs> And, and only, it hasn't hurt my business and at all. up to it too, which is. <laughs> despite warnings that it might, yes. To total East Side Pied. Absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm writing that down. Good quote. Thank you. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. So the show ends on a positive note, okay? Okay. Um, so what would you like to, what's your message for the people of Aurora um, today and going forward for the rest of the week?
2: I would just like people to know that we're here. Okay. Um and anybody who thinks that that it can't be done if anybody's thinking about oh, I really want to sort of, you know, um give to communities that really need resources or mental health resources and they think oh I can't do it, I can't make a living, you know, or it's too dangerous or something like this, um it not it's not true and I just like to be sort of evidence that yes you can do it, you can succeed, you can make a living. Um, you know, you can, you can go to East High and go on to grad school in mental health and succeed. Um, and so I just want to, I just want to say it's possible. It's possible. It is. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is.
1: Um, and I also want to just take a brief moment to thank Brent Jimenez.
2: Our Jimmy John's guy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He keeps us alive. (laughs) He does. He does. He's
1: he's a really good friend. Mm -hmm. I used to live. I lived downtown for many years. And actually, strangely enough, I just moved to the. I told you where I live. Yes.
2: Um, Welcome. I moved
1: out of an apartment to a house. And my friends tell me the same thing. Where you live? Oh, bruh. I know. I know. Man, it's the hood over there. You better watch. I love it. (laughs) It's kids and butterflies and flowers and the most beautiful. It's a very front porch
2: neighborhood. Like, yeah. Front porch. Mm
1: sipping wine all night Cabernet.
2: <laughs> um
1: but uh i wanna i wanna thank Brent for putting us together, putting us me in contact yeah. uh Brent knows me very well he knows um uh he knows all the hardships that I had in my life at an early age, and he knows that i have uh i mean it's like. It's not even a thing, you know. It's leaps and bounds, and I'm so glad that he introduced us and made that connection because I have been trying to just double down on what's good. If it's something good going on, if there's ten people hearing about it, well, we're gonna make a hundred hear about it. Yeah. If it's, you know, so I want, I just want more goodness. Um, so I'd like to thank Brent, for, uh, Brent, for putting us together. Likewise. And I just want to thank you for everything you're doing. You're kicking butt and taking names, and we're proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, we're yeah. really proud Thanks. of you. We appreciate, appreciate everything that you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. doing, too. Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. We appreciate everything that's going on
0: over here. Thank There's you. such a good energy here. Yeah? <laughs> kind of coming in this morning. <laughs> it's the coffee. You know, it, it could be the coffee, yeah. too. But again, you just see everything going on, and you know, it's you. making a difference.
1: Duncan, holla. <laughs> All right. Yeah, oh, Maybe t- 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 <laughs> <surgery> now. <laughs> That's yeah. I a that Sponsorship.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts,
1: what's good? Can we get that sponsorship? Um, but on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we want to say thank you very much to East Aurora Counseling. You're welcome. Dr. Goldman and also the Judah Robinson Foundation. Thank you. Uh, I want to say and give a brief shout out to all of our friends and listeners out there. Don't forget, tomorrow we have Tracy Duran on the show, and then we also have Dakota on this Friday for Music Fridays. Um, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, what up?
2: I was going to say, how, else, how can people get a hold of you on oh, Facebook? Right. or Yes, or Easter Aurora Counseling 1, no, dot com Sorry, that's the website, or EastAuroraCounseling number one at gmail.com. All right. Yeah. All right or just cool. stop by, just stop by. We like You're to give tours. Quarters. What's your address?
0: I mean, where are you, where are you we looking?
2: are at 143 South Lincoln Avenue, okay. Suite I. We're in the corner of Lincoln and Clark, Um, so the closest bus is Broadway and it's a Broadway and Benton, I believe. Um, so you can just walk up the hill and there's free parking behind the building. Just stop in and say hi.
1: It's literally right here on the corner of Lincoln and Clark street. Mm -hmm. It's around the corner from crystal house. Shout out. (laughs) Oh, you like that. Um, All right. So on behalf of uh, Good Morning Aurora, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners, all of our viewers, and all of our subscribers. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a lot more coming soon. Uh, Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And we are proud to be the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And I want to say thank you to Hunter. I want to say thank you to JV. I want to say thank you to my awesome co-host, Christine. And I want to say thank you again to Dr. Goldman. And this last message is for everybody in Aurora. No matter what the problem is, either contact East Aurora Counseling or the Judah Robinson Foundation, and they will help you out. You're not alone. Help is out there. Help is out there. Peace.